Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Hello, everyone. We are back here on Healthcare Experience Matters today, joined by Healthcare Experience Foundation co-founder and president Katie Owens. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Casey. Let's jump into some questions I have for you today about disengagement. I want to know what are the benefits of having employees at our medical centers and our institutions engaged? Sure. Well, you know, I know you anchored the conversation today, Casey, by disengagement. And I think to focus on engagement, we have to acknowledge the suffering, the emotional exhaustion, uh, the sheer shift in the last three years has demonstrated um, even in new research that the percent of disengaged employees has practically doubled since 2019 and 2020. And to focus on moving forward with engagement, the things that our team have been finding most successful is acknowledging the things that are hard, the pebbles in our shoes, while we create our ambitions for higher degrees of engagement so that we address what are the challenges and how do we create more daily moments of joy and purpose to restore engagement. Now let's talk consequences. We know that in our field, uh, life or death is often the consequence. So what are some of these consequences um, when employees aren't engaged? What we've seen in the research, both our our own research and and the research that we have the privilege of teaming with PRC or professional research consultants on, is that engaged employees are much less likely to experience signs and symptoms of emotional exhaustion and burnout. On the flip side, disengaged employees are three times more likely to be exhibiting signs and symptoms of compassion fatigue and burnout. And we know, just given the high stakes complexity of healthcare interactions, when we have team members who are disengaged, we have very real safety um, and experience consequences that can do real harm to our patients and their loved ones. Yeah. And um, how do we know if our colleagues are disengaged? Is there any way to measure this type of thing? Absolutely. I would say one of the very first things that we need to be doing is keeping an eye on the the pulse of our workforce, you know, committing to an annual workforce engagement survey, committing to periodic pulse checks of the workforce, to, to keep our eye on the baseline, to look at factors that are evolving over time. And then we have to get really targeted with key employee groups that we know that are at risk, our new graduates, our new employees. How do we assess their onboarding? How do we assess their um, acclimation to the organizations? What are the barriers or the risk factors that might cause them to leave? We know from new research in the last five years, there's been over 100% turnover in healthcare organizations. And so measurement is our best tool to establish 
diagnostically our directional strategies so that we are equipping our leaders to be really targeted in our interventions to stabilize, retain, and engage our workforce. Let's talk about some solutions, Katie. How do we go about better engaging our employees? As I mentioned earlier, we've got to address the sources of dissatisfaction, the sources of frustration. We've got to be careful to never focus on engagement in any way, shape, or form that could be framed as or perceived as blaming the victim. And so when we as leaders take steps through participative management, through reestablishing camaraderie and teamwork, from helping our team members find those sources of gratitude and daily moments of joy, we are able to remove barriers and then we're able to begin conversations around where are we finding those senses of purpose? When's the last time we've experienced joy in our work? What do we you know, find it in terms of appreciation for our physicians or advanced practice providers that we work with? Um, how do we recognize others so that we re-hardwire the habits that allow us to see beyond the daily hard things to finding those moments that create that sense of re-fulfillment? And I think that's what we're missing. Either we go towards focusing on gratitude and pretending that the hard things aren't happening, or we focus on just removing the barriers, but not re-inspiring our teams to feel more of those those daily moments of joy, gratitude, and purpose. Yeah. And, you know, I know we might all like a one-size-fits-all approach might be the easiest thing to administer, But, um, you know, we have to take into consideration things like individual needs, interests, and personalities, I'm thinking. Um, What's the best way to go about solving this? Yeah, I think, Casey, you, you hit the point head on. At the end of the day, we each find different sources of of intrinsic motivation, what we aspire, what gives us that sense of, of meaning in our work. And we also know that there's there's typically key drivers. There are some macro behaviors, institutional practices that help create more of a sense of stability and engagement for our team. And the number one thing we're seeing in our research with PRC is trust in leadership. Trust in leadership um, many times is viewed by a leader as I'm trustworthy, I'm out there rounding. And yet, many times staff see maybe a sliver of leadership visibility, a sliver of leadership trust. I mean, it's just a game of numbers. There's a much smaller group of leaders than there are frontline staff. And so staff rely in a lot of instances on word of mouth. What do they hear from their direct manager about leadership, um, about the executive team? And so our, our new areas of focus with relationship rounding is a very tangible tool for executive teams and leaders to restore engagement. We can do things around new employee onboarding and retention strategies that focus on engagement. And I think equipping our leaders to be comfortable in the discomfort with asking about disengagement, asking about those frustrations and being able to receive that information acknowledge the emotion, even when we can't necessarily change it in the immediate sense of, of, of our capacity 
to, to make those improvements? You know, if it's a big capital investment and it's just not in the budget, or can we go hire five new clinicians that we haven't been able to, you know, locate magically in our recruitment efforts? We have to acknowledge the emotion and continue to, to live and see the experience with our team members while we make those improvements. And as we work towards wrapping up, I want to ask kind of a two-pronged question here. Um, if there's any other drivers of employee engagement you want to mention, please let us know. And also, I'm curious how the concept of striving for a work-life balance impacts today's conversation on employee engagement. Sure. So we talked about the key driver of, of trust and leadership, and in particular, trust in senior leadership. We want to have confidence that the team who is leading our organization is, is competent, that acts with honesty and integrity and acts with benevolence in support of not just patients and families, but the healthcare workforce. And then the second thing that we're seeing really emerge in, in key drivers of workforce engagement in 2022 and 2023 are employee perceptions and confidence in the patient experience. And when you think about it, the patient experience at the core is such a mission-driven um, outcome and practice. And so employees want to feel connected and equipped to deliver excellent patient experiences. And then we've got to address those root causes of disengagement. And um, you know we've got to take a look at equity with salaries and, and benefits. And we've got to look at um, employees' perceptions of fairness and, and those things that can be a real dissatisfier and frustration while we focus on those key drivers of trust and patient experience. And then the, the concept of, of work-life balance is, has always been an elusive um, concept. I've done a number of po uh, podcasts in, in prior years around work-life balance, work-life integration, and my, my current working approach, and we have been applying this practice across our team, is that in many ways, that's also individually defined. And so it's really giving permission to us as in individuals to own for ourselves and be a bit unapologetic of what we want that balance to look like. Do we encourage ourselves to take a day off, take a five-minute break to create some space between work and home life? How do we, you know, practice self-care, have good sleeping habits or sleep hygiene? Do we facilitate those opportunities to protect our boundaries? And those are going to be different for each one of us. And I think that's also a part of a conversation that we don't want to make assumptions about. We want to help individuals or, or facilitate, honestly, the recognition that we, need, we may need to take some time back for ourselves. Hugely important conversation we're having today, and I want to thank our guest today. She is the co-founder and president of the Healthcare Experience Foundation, Katie Owens. Katie, if there was anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up, I will give you the final word today. Sure. You know, we've had a lot of reflective practice, you know, in the last year, two years, as we've moved forward with our working compassionate leadership. And I think one of the things that we've recognized across our team and across the, the healthcare leaders across the, the United States that we work with is that the mantra that many of us have grown up with, that suck it up buttercup, is, has done damage. 
And we've got to reframe ourselves as, as generational expectations are different, as we get creative tension from less tenured generations in the workforce that we can listen to understand. We do not need to listen to defend. And we can take steps to make our workforces, you know, healthier places where we respect some boundaries that that don't jeopardize patient care. It's one thing to have boundaries for our well-being. It's another thing to also be unapologetic around our patient safety practices and and have those non-negotiables for team interactions and, and patient safety and the experience. And, you know, I think as leaders, we've been successful by finding by being right. And now it's about finding the next right and that we all feel safe collaborating with our our leaders and collaborating with our staff, our physicians and our advanced practice providers to relearn how to redefine success in the workplace. That restores engagement. Katie, thank you again for your time today. I look forward to getting this one out to our listeners. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.